Hi guys, welcome to the Listen While I Ramble podcast. Today, like I said yesterday, we are talking about KOTOR. Uh, that stands for Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. It's my favourite era of Star Wars, with probably my favourite characters in all of Star Wars. That includes the films. Um, so please sit back and enjoy this episode that I'm very excited to share with you. Let's get one thing like out of the way first, because um, the KOTOR games aren't canon in Star Wars at the moment. So I just want to explain what canon is and stuff like that. So Star Wars canon refers to everything in the Star Wars universe that takes place on screen in the main films or is mentioned in materials such as the comics, novels, published after 2013 when the Disney buyout happened. For example... Phasma is now canon because she appears in the sequel trilogy in her films and her novel Phasma was released after the two in like 2014. So now that's out of the way, we can continue on with the episode and we kind of got the formalities out of the way. So, KOTOR. <laughs> uh, it stands for Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, like I said. Um, it's a brilliant game. Uh, what type of game is it? It is a turn-based RPG. Um, it's one of the best RPGs like out there, in my opinion. Yes, it's old. It's pretty much as old as me. <laughs> um, but I highly, highly recommend uh, playing this game. It's uh, very companion-based, good dialogue options. Um, yeah, the graphics... Do show it's age a little bit and obviously the combat because it's turn-based. But if you love turn-based combat like I do and more focus on the story, this game is for you. I highly recommend playing it and the second KOTOR game what we'll be going on to later. But for now we are just going to talk about some of the characters in KOTOR um, and some fun facts and like the companions. So Darth Revan, he is a very important character. In, the, in this game. Um, there is a twist, but I'm going to go into that later as we go into the game. So, Darth Revan's story. So, Revan is depicted as a former Jedi who, along with his best friend Alec, later turned Darth Malak, left the Order to fight in the Mandalorian Wars to the, Je the Jedis in action. One year after the Mandalorian Wars, Darth, now known as Darth Revan and Malak, returned to the public space and, and was the head of a massive invasion fleet taking on the Jedi. Um, so a massive character shift in Revan's character pretty much instantly. Um, and the, I think the key point there, him and his uh, like a kind of best friend, a uh, little bit like his apprentice, Malik, I'm just going to call him Darth Malik, um, knew the Jedi was uh, not protecting all of space and the Jedi's in action were causing massive harm 
uh, to the galaxy, uh, and the Mandalorians were slaughtering hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. Um, and Revan went to went, went to like the council, um, and they basically told him to go do one, and it will sort itself out. Obviously, is wrong. If there's a way of preventing a war, you should do it. But if a war's already happening, and you can save hundreds of thousands of lives, you probably should get involved. And that's that was Revan's point of view and his best friend, and he had loads of followers. Um, and big twist, he turned to the dark side after a year. How? We, we you will find out. I obviously already know because I love the character. Um, one thing I want to touch on, a fun fact about Darth Revan's helmet. He wears a very particular helmet. It's a Mandalorian helmet. Um, that are different to the Mandalorian TV show. The Mandalorian helmets in the um, TV show Mandalorian are like vastly different to the ones in the KOTOR games. Um, they're just, they're, it's just a different shape. And it melds in with the armor more. It's less of a helmet. It's more like a headpiece that fully connects. So, a really fun fact about the helmet is that um, in Mandalorian Wars, he pretty much kills a woman, of a Mandalorian woman. Uh, notices her mask, um, and in honor of her sacrifice, Revan donned the mask, vowing not to remove it until he and his followers brought the Mandalorians to justice. Um, so he brought honour to her sacrifice. What's, you know, what's absolutely brilliant, really. Um, such a cool character trait. Um, and, he's, and he looks so unique. His outfit looks so unique. And the mask, um, in my opinion, is actually better than like Darth Vader's, for example. I think, in my opinion, it carries more weight. It shows his character development. And then, as we move on through the games, and it gets to the Darth Revan novel that is set after these games, um, he actually does put on the mask again. Um, and it kind of shows a bit of darkness in him, and he becomes, you know, it unleashes him like, to power again. Um, in my, This is the reason why I think Darth Revan is popular. Um, he's popular for... A, Many reasons, but a couple of reasons, in my opinion. He is a very complex and interesting character. His story of the light and dark, his rise to a galactic hero and fall to the Sith, and his redemption, and his rise back to once again be the hero of Republic. It's a very compelling story arc, and gives an ample opportunity to show his humanity off. In my opinion, um, KOTOR's actually... Like not the old Republic era and just in general are, are better than the original films. Um, the era is more interesting to me. There, obviously, there's obviously going to be more Force users because it's the, you know it's a more populated time. But the the overall character arc, I think, are just more interesting. You know, he was he was a the Republic hero. He fell to the dark side. Um, he fought, then he returns and becomes the hero again to the Re Republic. Like you, there's not many characters who can really do that and do it in such a way, in such an interesting way um, than him. Um, well, obviously, I'm not going into his main story yet because I want that's a surprise and I want to go into real detail about that. 
But now we're going to talk about the companions in the game and why they're, you know, brilliant. So there's a little, there's like a droid, T3M4, a classic little droid, good story. Then there's Karth. Um, he's a great loyal soldier to the Republic, but he carries a lot of baggage. After being betrayed by a superior he trusted with his life. Karth no longer trusts anyone. As a result, his character can be quite irritable most of the game, and only those willing to put up with all of his nonsense will be able to appreciate his death as a famous soldier. Karth is a great early game party member, but isn't um, long at all before much better party members take his place in terms of usability in the game. Um, I think he has one of the more intriguing storylines. Um, so if you do end up playing the game, um, you probably, if you've played Mass Effect, you'll probably reckon recognise his voice um, because he's, he's the same voice actor who plays Caden Alenko in the Mass Effect series. Um, he's one of my favourite characters. Yes, he does go down in usability, but he's got, I think, in my opinion, he's got a really cool storyline. It takes you to Korriban to find his son. It's really awesome. And then, obviously, the massive twist, he's the first to find out. So then we're moving on to another one. Uh, Juani. I might be mispronouncing that. Is a Cathar Cathar <laughs> uh, Jedi and one of the two optional party members in Knights of the Old Republic. Unfortunately, her status as an optimal party member means she doesn't play a huge role in the overall plot. And her backstory and personality is not quite as developed as the other characters. What is a shame because she had the potential to be a you know, quite an intriguing character. Um, despite this, what the game does uh, deign to tell us about her personality, it is compelling, and, a, and her role as a Jedi Guardian means she'll be dealing with powerful damage to foes with the lightsaber skills. It's a shame her personality uh, is subdued compared to the other uh, Jedi party members. Um... Key word is Jedi Guardian. I will be going into that a little bit more uh, after I get through the companions. Um, but yeah, she's it's, it's an interesting character because she's very she falls to the dark. And she's like a like a mirror image of your character before he turns back to good. It's a really interesting way of doing it. So and then there is I'm just going to do two companions in one: Zalbar and Mission. Um, uh, he's, you know, good, uh, I call him Chewbacca, <laughs> even though he's, he's not, his name is Zalbar, he's, he looks like Chewbacca in the game, like literally he looks identical in the game, and Mission is pretty much a girl, young age, um, a Twi'lek, who's only 14 in the games, um, she, she and Zalbar, uh, are like best mates, she refers to him as Big Z in the game, um, you know, gone through a big deal of stress, but she has a great deal of like maturity. I um, in her young age, uh, like yes, she can be irritating in the game, <laughs> and she is a little bit of an irritating character at times. But um, seeing her perspective, if you're going the dark side RPG road instead of the light side, um, it's really nice to see, uh, see her kind of perspective on on all those because all of the companions pretty much have a say or comment on what you have been doing in the game like missions or just casual things you would be doing when you're just you know walking to get to your 
destination to complete a mission or whatever. Um, yeah, they all give their own unique perspective. Um, and she's not she's not one of my favourites. Um, but now we are moving on to probably my favourite um, characters. So I'm going to talk about Jolie Bindo. Um, when you encounter him, he's going to be an old hermit. Um, while you're exploring the Shadowlands of Kashyyyk. Um, Jolie is by far one of the most interesting Jedi characters in the game. Um, and what he's kind of referred as a grey Jedi. Um, and I'll explain what that is uh, in, in a bit. Jolie did not share the same ideals as the rest of the Jedi, and as such chose to leave the Order entirely and ultimately live his life as a hermit. Jolie seems curious about destiny and finds himself joining for a protagonist, uh, that, that is obviously you, in the game, for no other reason than to see where the path will lead them. Interesting banter and ideals is, isn't the only reason Jolie ranks so high. However, as a Jedi counselor, <laughs> as I like to say, even as it's counselor, uh, Jolie possesses ma many force abilities and will make a perfect support to the party. The downside is that due to his alignment as a grey Jedi, he may not be able to run light side of the force powers as well as some other Jedi party members. Uh, but the powers he does have make up for it. Um, let me tell you, he is a brilliant character who I love to death. Um... There's not many characters better than him. Um, yeah, just absolutely brilliant. I loved his banter, and like like I like I said just now, his unique take on the Jedi is what I found most interesting about this whole game in general. They kind of flip the Jedi Order, and like the series actually, um, the whole series is very unique to Star Wars, and there's nothing actually quite like it, and it's. Probably the best, well, in my opinion, the best Star Wars game there is. Um, now we're moving on to one of my... In, moving into the top kind of three companions now. Uh, so there's Bastilla, Candrus, and HK. Um, you know, brilliant. So Candrus is my next. Uh, these are in order, so Candrus would be my third kind of favourite. Um, Candrus is part of the Mandalorian clan. Um, he is a veteran of the Mandalorian Wars and now lives his life as a mercenary, desperate to find the same joy of battle he experienced in the war. After meeting you, the protagonist, he eventually tags along and finds himself immersed in all kinds of battles. After learning the past of the protagonist, he pledges himself as a loyal soldier with the player no matter what. Candrus is one of a few party members that will stick by the player's side, no matter whether they choose the light side or the dark side path at the end of the game. Because um, they have drastically different endings. Um, as a party member, Candrus is the non-best... Uh, sorry. Candrus is the best non-Jedi combatant, period. He's a powerful soldier, and whether he's blasting opponent, opponents from a distance or hitting them up close with swords, he deals serious damage. Plus, with his high health and strong constitution... Candrus will also not be going down anytime soon. A rather simple personality accompanies the man, but he's as reliable as they come. I love um, Candrus. Um, he shows up in the second game um, as Mandalore, the leader of the Mandalorian clan. As if you've watched the Mandalorian show, that term you've probably come to know and kind of, you know, 
want to know a bit more about. And we will be learning a lot more in the Mandalorian TV show about the like, Mandalorians and their planet and their like culture. Um, well, hopefully they will take some notes from this uh, KOTOR series because it has a big role. Mandalorians have a big role to play, obviously, in the main characters and all of that kind of jazz. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about Bastilla Shan. Um, there are some spoilers to the Old Republic. So if you haven't finished the game or haven't started the game, you may want to skip for the next like couple of minutes um, while I explain who she is and what she is. So Bastilla is a young Jedi Knight with tremendous potential. And as such, she is counted on by the Jedi Council despite her relatively young age. And while she does her best to remain humble, it's clear from her, inter- for, uh, from her interactions with some of, some of her faith has gone to her head, giving her a level of arrogance. She can seem uh, as somewhat of a second protagonist character in, in the game. Um, as she goes through her, some of her brilliant character development in the story, what continues into the novels, though in the end she cannot escape the law of the dark side. What becomes of her ultimately does fall to you, the player. Um, you know, I'm gonna. You, there's loads of choices you can do, pretty much. Um, but anyway, Bastilla is the first Jedi to join the party um, on Taurus, and she remains uh, a mighty party member until the capture of Darth Malak, your former apprentice, able to use. A lightsaber, double-bladed double, uh, lightsaber is yellow for Jedi Sentinel. Um, force abil- and obviously Force abilities. She will only rejoin the party should the player choose the dark side path, at which point she becomes f- uh, the f- by far the best party member of the game, able to uh, deal powerful attacks and debilitating abilities using the dark side of the Force. Absolutely brilliant character and she goes through a massive character development in the game and yes she she is a very arrogant character what's completely different to the other Jedi you see in the game obviously Jolie is a Jedi but um, you know it's a bit, he's a bit of a different kind of Jedi in a way um, yeah <laughs> but now my the, we are going to talk about massive spoilers for the Knights of the Old Republic game. It is about our protagonist, the pl- character you will play and create. Um, if you And like I said before about Bastilla, if you have not finished the game, I highly recommend stopping here for the next five minutes because um, there will be major spoilers. Um, if this is where I do leave you um, for the next five minutes, I want to thank you for listening so far. And for everyone else... Let's talk about the main character. Right. (laughs) So when you begin the game, you have a great deal of freedom with your character. You choose their name, class, appearance and even the gender. Plus, you decide how to spec your character, meaning they'll play exactly how you wish them to. And with you choosing everything they say in dialogue, um, the character's personality, personality will almost certainly match yours. All this makes him obvious number one on my like party member list even though he's not really a party member because again he is the pr- protagonist and that's why obviously your protagonist protagonist is going to stand out from the rest but he but the protagonist by far has got the best 
um, character development in the entire game. Um, but right now, this is the final raw warning, because uh, I'm about to spoil the biggest twist in the game, and possibly one of the biggest twists in gaming and like gaming history. Um, right, so you've got your final warning. <laughs> After the player has completed three of the game's uh, main four planets, the villain reveals that the player character was in fact Darth Revan. So you are actually Darth Revan, the one of the most like vindictive, evil, and truly good heroes in Star Wars like history. A massive, massive twist. After his or her defeat at the hands of Bastilla, the Jedi affected their mind, hoping to bring them to the light and use their hidden memories to turn the tables on the Sith. From there, what will you do next? Will you forgive the Jedi and use this as your chances of redemption and save the galaxy? Or will you take advantage of your um, latent memories and power and rule the galaxy? Regardless of your choice, your true backstory is very well documented throughout the game and reveal uh, that you were a badass warrior all along and by far uh, one of the best uh, reveals in gaming history. All hail number one on the list, uh, Darth Revan or Revan. Um, yes, um, in in the story, um, he does turn to he does turn back to the light, um, and he eventually marries Bastilla Shan um, and has a child. Uh, in the novel, uh, it's literally called Revan, I believe. Um, let me just check. I believe it is just called Revan. It's called Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, Revan. I highly recommend that book if you play... You don't even really need to play the second one. Um, I do recommend you play both of these games. You will get through them in... You know, depends on how much you play, but you can get through them in a week and get 100% completion, pretty much. Um, but yeah, play both games. And then, because... Uh, you go on to meet new characters in the second game who are important going into the novel. Um, yeah, brick, you know, absolutely brilliant. So moving on to the second game now, uh, it's you don't follow Revan's character because in the games he's kind of ended. Okay. Um, yeah, his kind of character arc hasn't ended overall in the Darth Revan and Nightshade Republic story, but in this specific game. You're not following Revan. You're following Mitra Surik, also known as the Jedi Exile after the Mandalorian Wars, uh, was a female, a human Jedi Master, as a Pad um, and a human Jedi Master. As a Padawan, she chose to disobey the orders of the Jedi, um, and uh, I'm lost for words. And the High Council and aid the Galactic Republic in its war against the invading Mandalorian Crusaders. Um, she's actually one of the commanders in Revan's army, so they were very close. Like I said before, in the game, uh, you can pick if you want to be a male or female. Uh, you know, pick all your stats and all of that lovely stuff. But in the actual like canon story of the game, um, you are a woman, um, a very interesting, powerful woman. 
Um, she's a force wound in the force, and she's got a power to influence um, your companions in the game. I'm not going to go into all of the companions in KOTOR 2. As I said, Candrus shows up, HK shows up, T, um, I think it's T3M4 shows up. And you get like another, if you choose a dark side option, you get another, um, like a Chewbacca wannabe. If you choose a light side option, you get Mira, like a bound, like a good, like a like a good bounty hunter. You get Atris's handmaiden, um, really cool character. Then you get the one of the villains of the game. Um, it's like Apprentice, and yeah, I think you get you get like a couple more. Like Atten, who's really annoying, uh, Bowador, who you who like served with you, like it, and he was like your kind of like um, so like a soldier in your kind of army, and then it goes on to Kreia, who I'm only going to talk about here. <laughs> um, she's the most interesting character and probably the best written character in all of Star Wars. Um, you. As you, if you do end up playing the game, Kraya uh, does act as a mentor to the player in the Knights of Old Republic 2, and her unique force, uh, yeah, sorry, her unique views on the force make her easily the best uh, written character um, in all of Star Wars by a mile. Um, my favourite character is Revan, but she is the most intriguing, best character, you know, just. It's so weird. I'm going to go into a little bit of detail. Um, Kraya is such a fascinating character because her views on the Force, just like how in the, just like how the Last Jedi understood the Force, um, Kraya and by extension Kotor too, has a unique viewpoint that transcends the typical light and dark side um, Force uh, users. It is a very well, extremely. Where <laughs> I can't say it, uh, unique quality in Star Wars universe. To take a step to to take a step back and attempt to examine the franchise's defining gauge of morality in such a objective manner. Um, yeah, like that's it, when I watched the Last Jedi, I was extremely unhappy with Luke's portrayal, but I wasn't unhappy with the overall theme of the film they was going for a very grey film and they ended up backtracking at the end because um, that's what uh, Ryan Johnson decided to do it was a stupid decision what he should have just stuck to his guns and you know because what he was going for and like Kreia and The Last Jedi have a, so much they knew the Jedi was kind of wrong and it kind of needed to die and the Fort and Kraya eventually does seek to destroy the Force. Um, she seems to get rid of it. Um, and the, she thinks the Force is kind of evil, in a way. Um, it's so interesting. Um, and she she does eventually become a Sith. Um, and becomes the... I think, I can't... The Sith Triumphant, I think it was called, or something like that. Um, some of the best villains, best looking villains... If you look on Google, just type in Darth Nihilus. Um, like, oh my god, he's so cool. He's like a force wound. He pretty much like can destroy planets and absorb all their force energy. 
his physical body has pretty much been destroyed because uh, of all the force he consumes. And he's basically just like a wraith. Like he's got no physical form, basically. Um, Mitra is a force wound as well. She can like absorb power. And again, you can choose the light side option. And she can just like learn things quick. Or she can literally kill um, the former Jedi Masters who uh, exiled her for going in Revan's War. <laughs> you know, kills them and then absorbs all their knowledge and power. So cool. And then one of the other villains, uh, Darth Sion, he's practically like immortal. He can never be really killed. Um, it's so... Again, another one who looks awesome. Um, and then, obviously, Kraya. I think... I can't remember what she gets called. But very, very cool, very cool. And you and Kraya have like a force link. Um, so, for example, at the start of the game... This is how it explains like the force link or force bond. Kraya gets her arm cut off in like a different part of the ship. And you, as the player, falls to the ground like screaming in like agonizing pain, feeling Kraya's pain. Um, and that's another unique thing this game does force bonds. Um, super cool. And they do do it a little bit. In Rise of Skywalker, I think Rey and Last Jedi, uh, Rey and Kylo, um, or Ben Solo, um, have a little bit of a force link. I'm not sure if it's a super strong force bond, um, but it's definitely a force link, and it's super, super cool. Um, I just want to touch on the influence guide. Um, yeah, as I said, because you're... You, You've got you. You basically have the power to influence your companions. So your companions are basically the next order of Jedi in this game. So if you're going the dark side route, they will be dark Jedi. Um, you won't be fully Sith, but you'll be some sort of Jedi that uses dark side powers and you know cruel. You're pretty much as close as you can be to a Sith, but you do uh, like. Decent things. And I love those characters. And obviously, if you go down the light side route, you can influence the majority of your characters. Um, even, like, for example, Darth Nihilus' apprentice, who you I first thought was a spy, eventually you can make her into, like, a light side Jedi user. Um, well, so cool. You don't see games do that at all. But now, as I said... Like in the last episode, I will be talking about the Jedi classes and lightsaber colours. Um, there is a few colours here, so just let me bear bear with me. Um, these are Legends colours, bear in mind. Even though the, a lot of them are used in canon. Um, I just want to make that clear. Not all of them have kind of been, you know, officially kind of confirmed. And I'm only going to go over a few... Uh, one, two, three. Yeah, not going to go over all the colours. I'm just going to go over because there's loads, but I will list the colours. Okay? So, obviously, uh, red. I'm going to read both canon and the legends' meanings of the lightsaber. Um, the legends mean more, in my opinion. So, the Sith created their own crystals through the dark side of a force and make them red to set themselves apart from the Jedi. 
what's you know makes sense. Um, in canon, apparent apparently, <laughs> the crystals are somehow alive and Sif make them bleed to make them their red colour. I do quite like that. Um, so, in my opinion, if you know, in Revenge of a Sif, Anakin's lightsaber is blue. I think eventually it should have turned red as the fight was going on because he fully like as the fight with Obi Wan went on because he fully committed to the dark side of the Force. Yellow. Um, now this is where I'm pretty much going into the Legends kind of thing, and where I consider and what I prefer, you know, to be known. Okay, um, yellow is the Jedi Sentinel class, known for getting their hands dirty, doing undercover work, and implying special tech to go with their Force abilities. So they're like the jack of all trades kind of Jedi. Um, they're good at everything, pretty much. They use other skills. To empower themselves, so like lock picking and all that stuff. Green is for probably the, the lightsaber I'll always kind of go to. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm lost for words. Uh, this colour generally belongs to the Jedi uh, consulars. Uh, these users, uh, their main focus is on the Force, so they're more powerful Force users um, instead of their lightsaber skill. So if you look in the films, um, like Yoda has a green lightsaber, uh, Luke has a green lightsaber, Qui-Gon Jinn has a green green lightsaber, um, and I'm pretty sure Revan does eventually does have a green lightsaber at some point, even though uh, he mainly uses red and purple. Uh, but blue is the Jedi Guardian class, who focus more on their lightsaber skill than their force abilities. Um, so, like, Obi-Wan wasn't particularly gifted in the Force. It's actually noted by George Lucas. He's one of the weakest ever, like, Force users. Um, but he worked very hard and he got the most out of his, like, ability. And he focused on lightsaber skill. Anakin wanted to be, like, Obi-Wan. So, again, <laughs> used uh, blue. Um, now we're going on to my probably, I think, and probably everyone's favourite lightsaber colour. Um, purple. Uh, this colours for Jedi who have a very strong connection to both sides of the Force and can be used, and can, uh, it's very highly, like, it's, people like Mace Windu was a highly aggressive uh, user. Um, and, yeah, it's, and Darth Revan has a purple lightsaber. Darth Revan uses a purple lightsaber. It makes sense because well, cause he uses both, he was a Sith and a Jedi. It makes perfect sense. And then there's white. Ahsoka uses this. Um, this is a completely uh, neutral uh, person because uh, she's not a Jedi or a Sith, um, but are incredibly loyal to the faction they deem worthy. So, like Ahsoka, will always be a bit more favoured to the Jedi Order. Okay, now we're just going to list uh, colours that only like exist in Legends, but I'm pretty sure now uh, orange was Ray's lightsaber colour, if I'm not wrong. Okay. So there's orange, magenta, silver, bronze, gold, teal, cayenne, darker variations of the blue and green uh, and purple. Um, and that's pretty much it. And obviously the dark saber, uh, what is black. Um, you know, that obviously you see notable forces. You see it in Mandalorian TV show, Darth Maul in the animated Clone Wars. Uh, 
and we're going to see a lot more of the Dark Saber. But now I do just want to have a quick mention to my favourite novels um, in the Star Wars Legends, and I hope these get made into a TV show. I saw a rumour um, there Zack Snyder is interested in uh, making a Darth Bane uh, TV show. What would be probably the best Star Wars TV show they could do. It'd be so dark and gritty. So Darth Bane has three novels. Uh, first one is Path of Destruction, uh, Rule of Two and Dynasty of Evil. Um, if you are going to get these books, I'll give you a quick like kind of synopsis. Darth Bane, formerly known as Dessel, was on a planet. He has he was like an incredibly huge, uh, like a massive man, super strong, super strong in the force, like natural ability. Um, he's always getting into fights. His father hates him and beats him. Uh, eventually, he does kill his father unknowingly. He's, he does it using the force. Um, he gets. You know, then he eventually, you know, blah, 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 kills a Republic officer. Uh, goes on the run, goes to the Sith army. Then one of the Sith lords, at the time, the Brotherhood of Darkness, finds him and kind of says, you're, you're going to get trained as a Sith. So he goes. He's more powerful than pretty much anyone. He gets defeated eventually by someone. And... He's like, I don't, he's not allowed to train with them. So he goes to the Jedi, uh, not the Jedi archives, the Sith like archives. What they, what all of them at this point deem useless and stupid because they want to work as a team like the Jedi. Whereas before it was like, you know, one to empower, um, you know, one to embody the power, sorry, and one to crave the power. And that's how he saw it. Um, and that kind of explains why in the prequels and the originals there's only ever two like Sith Lords. So if you go to the prequels, there is Palpatine and Darth Maul. Um, then you go into uh, Attack of the Clones, there's Count Dooku and Palpatine. And then it, obviously it will turn into Darth Vader and Palpatine in, in the Revenge of the Sith and moving on into the... Uh, the originals <laughs> but yeah that's uh, it's kind of like it kind of shows it's not canon but he's he wasn't Darth Bane was included in the Clone Wars um, so it might be turning canon at some point I highly recommend get these books um, he's one of the most powerful force users ever he kind of is the the one who started the rule of two off well he was um, and Darth Revan is included in his origin story. Um, so hopefully they are going to make a quick TV show or film or so anything to do with Darth Bane. And because if you do one, you have to do the other. And because obviously it's been people have been wanting Keanu Reeves to play Darth Revan. Because he looks identical. Long hair, a little bit of scraggly facial hair. Um, yeah, just... Everyone wants... I would love him to play it, but I don't think he will. But one bit of news... The last bit of news I want to touch on. If you are going to play the KOTOR games, be excited. There is massive rumours. They're not exactly confirmed yet, 
but they are remaking uh, the KOTOR games, um, like remastering them. We don't know if it's going to be a reimagining of the games or a complete remaster. I hope they kind of do both, because the originals are brilliant in what they are. Um, basically, all they got if they update the graphics just like a little bit and make the combat like completely different and like free form. It is going to be absolutely brilliant, but they have to keep the dialogue the same. The dialogue has to be the same, or there is no point doing it, <laughs> in my opinion. So, guys, I just want to say thank you for joining me on uh, May the 4th. Um, I hope you have a lovely day, and May the 4th be with you. <laughs> All right, catch you later. Bye.